0: Welcome to Middle School Matters Podcast number 608, Bayardism. It's going to hit this week. We're going to talk about what Bayardism is. we got some jokes for your classroom, and as usual, we've got some really good resources for you. So without further ado, here's the wonderful, the magnanimous, the Mr. Troy Patterson.
1: All right, welcome back to the show. I am Troy Patterson, and with me is the world's greatest co-show host, Mr. Sean Maguire. Hey, Sean. Well, hello there. How are you? I'm all right. You know, I always worry about fumbling through that <laughs> that first part. That just a, there's a lot of words to get right in the right order with all of that good stuff. But at mm-hmm. least it's better than the red ship and the blue ship that collided. Did you hear about those?
0: Uh, A red ship and a blue ship that collided. I did not. What happened? Yeah,
1: they were marooned.
0: Oh, sure, sure.
1: You know, I share a lot of jokes, and I am willing to let anyone who wants to use my new French Revolution joke. Really? Yes, it's royalty free.
0: Sure it is. Sure it is. Yeah. Uh
1: Um, I do have some sad news. Oh, no. I got kicked out of the coffee club. You did? Yeah. I wore a t-shirt.
0: I gotcha. I gotcha.
2: Yep.
1: I, I got to tell you, this past week, that was my favorite joke.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and I loved the reactions that I got to that one. <laughs> I'll be like, huh? Oh. how's yeah, we going. You know. And did you know that uh Pavlov was known to have great hair?
0: I did not know that.
1: You did not know it? Yeah, he did a lot of conditioning.
0: Oh, sure. Uh, I got you now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the bad thing about being the first to ascend a mountain?
0: I never had that experience. Tell me.
1: It's all downhill from there.
0: Oh, sure. That's true, yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. You know there's a lot of people driving electric cars right now?
0: I And rooms. I'm just
1: wondering, do they listen to ACDC?
0: I think it's just DC. Or something
1: current. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yep. There yep. you yep. go. Yep, yep. yep. Oh, I just learned about recent, recency bias. Gotta say it's the most interesting bias i've ever heard of oh really mhm
0: mm-hmm. okay
1: mhm mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yep 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 um oh uh my friend uh dave yeah yeah he was considering the majoring in guy. mime
0: yeah what? science guy
1: the science guy no, is a different dave oh yes, okay but it could be but so that I, Maybe we should work that one in. All right, anyway, Dave was considering <laughs> majoring in mime. Post, post. <laughs> but so he was considering majoring in mime, but he didn't want to get boxed in with a career.
0: Ah, uh, sure, uh, yeah.
1: Here's a Christmas one for you, a couple of Christmas ones I got for you here. Uh, on okay. his last re- report right. card, yeah. Rudolph went up in math, and down in history,
0: oh sure, just like the song,
1: yeah. yeah, do you know that um they were that Mary and Joseph were able to weigh the the were able to get the weight of baby Jesus at birth
0: they were how's that,
1: yeah, they had a weigh in a manger,
0: oh, I see,
1: uh-huh, uh-huh. We've got some visual jokes for you too over at uh, MiddleschoolMatters.com, dot com, um, <laughs> in including a nice little song to get put into your head. So, um, so yeah, head over there MiddleschoolMatters.com, dot com, catch a couple of the visual jokes, and um. You can also pick up a couple of the best science books, because uh, you know Dave Bidlowski's just—he's just on top of everything. And um, this week he has a couple of the best science books of 2023. So here, without further ado, is the wonderful Mister Dave Bidlowski in the middle school science
2: minute hi this is dave bedlowski of k12science.net and this is your k12 science podcast i was recently reading the december 7th 2023 issue of smithsonian magazine and within this magazine they published an article entitled the 10 best science books of 2023 in this podcast i'd like to look at two of those books both of them being nonfiction. The first book is entitled Fire Weather A True Story from a Hotter World, written by John Valent. In a year when record setting forest fires raged across Canada and their smoke clouded the skies across North America, and a Maui forest fire incinerated the town of Lahaina in a deadly blaze, the most harrowing book that they read about climate change featured a devastating forest fire. In Fire Weather, author John Valen crafts a thriller about a cataclysmic inferno that burned through the town of Fort McMurray, Alberta, in May of 2016. The blaze generated hurricane-force winds and lightning, and entire neighborhoods burned to the ground under a type of pyrocumulus cloud, usually associated with volcanoes. Roughly 100,000 people evacuated what would become the costliest disaster in Canadian history. Valen's story of Fort McMurray's destruction illustrates a perfect storm of sorts. Fort McMurray is in the middle of Alberta's tar sands, or bituminous, sands. As Valent colorfully writes, bituminous sand is to a barrel of oil what a sandbox soaked in molasses is to a bottle of rum. Its deposits in Canada are one of the biggest known petroleum reserves in the world, and Fort McMurray is in the energy-intensive business of recovering it, upgrading it, and transporting it. The fossil fuel that comes from Fort McMurray when burned releases the greenhouse gases that cause climate change and the conditions in which fires can flourish. Valen weaves together the story of the tar sands industry, the impacts of climate change, and the white-knuckle evacuation of the town into a frightening wake-up call of our new reality concerning wildfires. The second book is entitled Of Time and Turtles, Mending the World, Shell by Shattered Shell by Cy Montgomery. Scuttling Earth for at least 220 million years, Turtles have survived more than one mass extinction, including the one that offed dinosaurs. But in a geologic instant, humans have pushed more than half their 360 known species to near extinction. And in an actual instant, animals slated to live a century or more can be killed after their shells are crushed by cars, their mouths are snagged by fish hooks, or their ponds are drained by developers. Yet there is hope for some turtles. The Turtle Rescue League in Southbridge, Massachusetts, rehabilitates hundreds of ailing turtles each year. In Time of Turtles, author Cy Montgomery joins the small squad in spring of 2020 just as routine life freezes for COVID-19. The book recounts her year with the league as they incubated eggs, injected antibiotics, mended shattered shells, and returned healed patients to nature. Montgomery's sensory-rich writing brings readers into the action. You'll watch a cold, stunned sea turtle move in ultra slow mo a toy whose batteries are almost run out. Smell a wetland scented like pencil shavings, and walk across moss that cushions and squelches with every step. You'll bond with favorite patients like Fire Chief, a 42-pound snapper with a custom-built wheelchair, and Lucy, a tropical tortoise rejuvenated with watermelon slices. Between scenes of reptile rescue, Montgomery draws from research papers, news stories, novels, and poetry to muse on turtles and the passage of time. Ultimately, though, the shell-armored reptiles, ancient, unhurried, long-lived beings, are what help her make peace with mortality and growing old. And this has been your K twelve Science Podcast.
1: A couple of hot and timely um books for us to to know about.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true. So, um,
1: all right, so we have we have uh um a break coming up. Yes, so we yeah. yes we do and sean is ready for the break coming up yes i am i just just want to point that out um i am as well but with a break coming up means that and many of the kids are ready for it too by the way um with the break coming up means that you kind of have those last day plans Right. So uh, how do you handle the last day or days? Basically, the last day is crucial here. How do you handle it last day before break? Because there's a couple of different ways that I've seen teachers and a couple of different ways that I've done this as well. So what is your plan for the last day uh, before the break?
0: Uh, First thing I do is read the room and see how many of my kids are there. That's the first one.
1: That's always the first one. Yep.
0: Yep. The second thing I do is remind the kids that um they can do all of the work on Moodle no matter no matter where they are on the face of the earth, as long as they have uh internet connection or a cell phone, because they can do it Moodle. Yeah. And then um Uh, this year it happens to be on a Friday and I always tell the kids and, and we have worked this in because I'm I'm trying to teach them executive functioning. Right. So I tell them the the last full day of every week, we always have a quiz. So I'm not going to change that because I've told them and I don't want to mess that up. Right. So we are, we're going to have a quiz, but that's also why I'm going to remind them. They can take it anywhere in the face of the earth on a cell phone or their Chromebook with an internet connection. And I'm going to remind them all week long, all week long. And with Google Classroom, I can also then shoot them a calendar thing. And they this week I tried it out and I set it for every day. And every day they'd <laughs> open the computer. And it says, Mr. Garr, we have a quiz on Thursday this week. Yes, yes, you do. You have a quiz on Thursday this week. Tuesday, Mr. McGarr. It says it again. Oh, it does, does it? Okay, all right. Well, just don't forget. Mm, I won't forget. Wednesday, Mr. McGarr. <laughs> this is a little much <laughs> yeah i'm okay with that yeah so i tried it it worked um uh, I, the kids noticed and they told me so that's that's all i wanted them to do was to remember we had a quiz on thursday now ask me if it helped their scores at all no no it didn't didn't at all zero it didn't help at all, but <laughs> they knew they had a quiz, and so there's no one of them could come to me and say I didn't. No, it's not true. Uh, it's, it's not true. You knew,
1: so you you don't get the I never knew.
0: <laughs> can't can't say it. And then if they do try to say that, I'll say, so did you do your calendar at all this week? Like you know, when we start out class, we do the calendar. Did you do your calendar at all? Yeah, no, no, you didn't. Because if you had, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you didn't. You your notification. So and then if they say no, I didn't, and it's like, well, okay. So who's that's on you? I mean, you you yeah. you got to do the things I ask you to do. So there's, I mean, we're 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 slowly building that capacity. This group has a serious problem with that, and we're building that capacity. We know it's not going to be right away. It's going to take this year. We're hoping that next year it picks up because most of the M step in social studies is in eighth grade. And they're going to need whatever they're learning in everything that they're learning in uh, eighth grade to um, do well in that M Step. So, um, yeah. That's, so there's a quiz, and then I'm not going to give them something new. I'm going to give them a choice. I'm going to say you can work on your projects, and that's where the attendance thing comes into play. Because if a lot of them are gone, I'm going to say, right. no, we're not going to do that. And then I'll pull out a blue kit. Excuse me. I'll pull out a, a blue kit. And there's several that I like to do. And then always I'll throw in there somewhere. I'll pull up the blue kit on Lithuanian words. Because I know they haven't studied that. <laughs> right. And I know that they've not played it. Because when it comes to like candy wrappers or uh, common logos, company logos, they've all done that. And they do with each other. and they're just trying to rack up free points, but I'll throw this one in there because it gives the kid, you know, who might get, you know, just a a dumb luck um, chance of doing better than the kid who's who knows everything already. Right. And then it's like, Oh, I stand a chance. So I do that. Um, But yeah, I, uh, but I also try to keep it academic because um, there are others that, you know, Hey, it's movie day, but, that's gotten out into the community and parents are like, it's right. movie that you're not going, we, we can watch a movie at home. Um, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to, I'm going to keep it academic. I know that um, kids don't like that part of it. And I know that parents aren't happy with that, but I'm trying to reinforce with them the concept that school is academic and it's important. And um, if I was, oh, I mean, we're not at the point where I can say, all right, your presentation is on that day. So you have to be there to do that presentation. Parents aren't going to do that. They, we, have, it's, it, we were talking about this in PD on Friday, and the parents have a very different concept as to what school should be mm-hmm. than what everybody else in the world thinks school should be. Um, one of the teachers did a journal writing prompt as to, you know, what's the purpose of school? And there were some very, very interesting responses, and we're slowly turning the the mindset around. We had a couple of kids that even said, "I don't get it. School's for learning, but there's all these yahoos that don't, and and they just mess around." And yeah, mm-hmm. she gets it. And we're start we're starting to build that capacity to say, "This is this is a place to learn. This is not the place where you come to socialize. You know, find that boyfriend girlfriend." that's going to be temporary anyway, but we know you think is the one forever. Um, because that's happening now earlier and earlier, like it started uh, about, uh, 10 weeks ago, the eighth graders are just nuts right now. And the seventh graders are starting it because they're imitating the eighth graders. The funny part is they really don't know what they're doing and it's fun to watch. Um, some are going to crash and burn and that's how you learn. But, mm-hmm. um, So I tried to, that's what I try to do. And my team tries to do. There are other teams like the eighth grade team. Uh, They've got a group of kids that they know it doesn't matter what they do. uh, Academics is not going to happen. They know that a lot of kids aren't going to show up that day. And so they're already planning to drop back and punt. And they know that. Yeah.
1: um, And that's, that's the kind of the tough thing for me because you mentioned making it an academic day. And that's what I always did as well. And I know there's some teachers that are like, I'm going to show them a movie. And here's part of my problem. <laughs> here's part of my struggle with that. So you make today not an academic day. You make it a entertainment day. The kids will be entertained. So then that pushes that last day back a day, right? Yeah. So now instead of Friday being the last day, Thursday's the last day. And the kids know they're watching a movie tomorrow, so why not start the movie today? <laughs> yep. Well, you know, sometimes it's uh you know, maybe the movie is a little longer, be, you know, doesn't line up right. So why not start the movie that third day before it's like oh yeah and you you just teach the kids um that executive functioning that you know it's not it's not important and then i think you get into that cycle of kids don't come to school because they're just going to watch a movie that they're not all that interested in anyway Mm -hmm. and they can watch a movie at home so then that reinforces, well, I'm not going to do a lot academically because there's not a lot of kids here, which then lowers. And it just becomes chasing your tail. Um, and I think that executive functioning part is a huge part of this. It's like, yep, starting Monday, you, you're you off on Monday. <laughs> you can not come to school and you can do those things that you want to do. But we're here to learn we're going to learn till a bitter end so so that's the way i always addressed it as well so our last day is actually thursday
0: yeah rub it in
1: we have did I mention we have friday <laughs> off <laughs> <laughs> so and again i i just don't i don't know how that plays out because now I don't know why we have Friday off, but I'm not complaining. We have Friday off, but hey. Um, and for us, sometimes it's it becomes vacation time. People add on to vacation time, you know. It's true. um, Yeah, because they can take a trip and that kind of thing. It becomes a stress. Um. All right, so one of the things, we've, we've been talking about AI quite a bit, right? Aye. And and education and on the whole, we've been talking about AI. And I thought Aye. I would share one of the things that I did with AI this week. Oh. So we did not talk about this on pre-show, so this is brand spanking new for, for sure. It is. So we the 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 town had a council meeting which was quite lengthy and there was um how can I put this um there was a lot of political debate back and forth okay okay so okay not necessarily a whole lot of kumbaya but there was a little bit of controversy going back and forth as well and it was a long meeting and i didn't want to watch and sit through a, the whole meeting to watch and kind of catch up because i do like to know what's going on in the community right mm-hmm. so um since it is a public meeting There's a recording of it, and um, it would seem to me to be fair use to download that recording in order to then use Mac Whisper to. Oh. (laughs) So I I took the video of the meeting, Mm -hmm. put it into Mac Whisper so that now it becomes text. Mm -hmm. Then I took the text. And I put that into, into um Bard. Um I tried Google Bard because they have the new Gemini model for that. Uh-huh. And you can upload specific sources and it will stick to that source. Okay. 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 So I then put the uh text into Google Bard and then I just started asking questions. What was the controversy? what was you know tell me about this and it's very interesting because it summarizes the controversy you know one of them it kind of got wrong but it also links to the citation so you can click on the citation it goes to that part where it kind of got that from and then you can see like oh okay it confused different speakers basically Okay. So it had kind of a, I think the summary got off because um, Mac Whisper, I just used the free version of Mac Whisper, so it didn't necessarily, and I didn't go through and identify speakers, right? Which you can do. I just, it's just a pure data dump. Um, but then I was able to ask questions and it jumped right to that section and I could read like the little bit before, a little bit after, because it highlights the citation in that. So I learned a lot about the town meeting without spending four and a half hours watching mm. the town meeting. So that was how I used. Um, it was the the workflow that I used. I um, I, I used Firefox Download Helper. Um, oh, which is an easy way to download videos. And again, this was a. This is a public, this is a governmental meeting, so I should right. have the right to download the governmental meeting. Um, and then I used Mac Whisper, which is also free, to convert yes. the Love that. video into text, and then Bard to ask questions with the linking citations so that I could click to the citation and link to it. Mm-hmm. so so that was my it was one of my ai experiences that i can share <laughs> this week because you know sometimes i don't do anything that involves pii i don't do anything that involves student data never 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 um um so i can share most of the things that, that I do because mm-hmm. it's like write lesson plans for me or, you know, give me some test questions or that kind of thing. So, you know, um, all right. And then you also said that this week you had um, your school was approved for virtual schooling days.
0: Yeah, uh, we're now a lot the state of Michigan will let us have 15 virtual schooling days if we exhaust our six uh, snow days or active God days um, or we just don't make count days. So we had one of those uh, a couple weeks ago where students just didn't show up as a way to protest, you know, because school has everything to do with what happens in other countries you know yes. so we just don't go to school yeah okay so um we had that happen where we lost a the day there and then we had a uh, a water main bust out by the main road and then we lost a the day there so we're down to 4 of our 6 we got 4 left i don't think with the weather predictions we're getting this year that we're going to have those 4 use those 4 but now if we do like last year we did through acts completely beyond our own
1: Mm-hmm.
0: ability to deal with. Um, now we can uh, we can uh, bring the kids on for an hour and a half and count them for the day. And uh, they can do a 30 minutes of I-Ready. And then that's it. They're gone. And we've counted the day. We can go do whatever we want. Uh, I thought it was very interesting. There are some rules for teachers. Um, the kids don't have to be on the full hour and a half. They can be on for the 30 minutes they're doing the I-Ready and you know, then they can leave and do whatever, but teachers are not allowed to be responsible for their own minor children during this virtual, um, day. Now, I don't know what the kids are, what the teachers (laughs) are going to do with their own kids. You know, like they're here. I got to take care of them, but I can't. So am I going to take a CTO day? That kind of defeats the purpose. I don't think this, this, that part's been thought through. Um, Cause it's teachers and, and we should, you know, love all kinds of kids, not just anyway. Um, and then that's it. Like we, we can now count the day and we don't have to worry about making up, uh, extra days. Like we did last year. We had to make up two. We were supposed to make up three or four, but we just ate those. And I believe it cost us quite a bit, like, like, uh, close to 15, million, or not 50, close to a million dollars. So, um, that's, that's the purpose of doing this is, now we can do that. Now we have permission to virtual school days.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: And that's cool. And we do something similar. We have the first two days um, where something happens are like traditional snow days. And then after that, we have um, virtual um, virtual days where virtual learning occurs. And for us, teachers are expected to work a full day, and and there's different criteria for what the kids are doing and and that as well. Okay. So, so yeah. Uh, all right, um, and we have uh, some things going on in the social web this week.
0: We do, uh, fixing education at fixing education, uh, posted this comment. He said, I'm, or he or she, I'm not sure which, um, I'm convinced 95% of my students spend 15 hours each day on tiki-taki. And I'm thinking that's kind of (laughs) true. You might be joking around, but our experience in my building has been, that's probably about right. Um, it looks like there's a there's a double post there somewhere. So let's go to Susie Dent at Susie underscore Dent. Um, word of the day is Bayardism, the 17th century uh, word, a confidence that is rooted in ignorance or a willful misunderstanding of reality. And I think the kids are going to experience that this week. So there's the... <laughs> There's the bonus word they're going to get in their vocab this week. I told them that I'm going to start making it harder. They don't believe me. I think it's time for making believers.
1: They don't believe you. They think I'm joking because
0: I'll walk up and they'll tell me their score. And I'll say, you know what this means? It means I'm going to start making the quiz harder because they get good scores. Because they're doing the practice. And, um, and they laugh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You always say that. Well, this week, I think this week, I think Bayardism shows up yeah um new jersey new jersey association for middle level education at njamle don't forget to submit a proposal for the njamle annual conference uh submissions are due december 15th and also the same thing with Mamsey, now the michigan association of middle school educators is looking for an opportunity or looking for those with who want an opportunity to learn uh with other educators in the middle. Join them March 9th for the 2024 Mamsi conference. More information is at a link in our show notes, but they're also looking for presenters. So if you would uh hop in there and put in a proposal and make that uh make that make you know add to the, the body of knowledge in at your state's association. It's a good strategy. Is
1: that is that a Saturday?
0: It is it's Saturday which means I'll be presenting March 9th and, um, you'll be hosting the show by yourself.
1: Okay. No, I wondered because i am seeing more and more, um, conferences on Saturdays. I just, think yes. it's Interesting. To, I'm just wondering if that's working out for folks or not.
0: One of the things there was a, at, uh, Rick Wormley. I didn't put it in the shows. Uh, um, um, social media thing. Um, Rick Wormley posted a very interesting link to an Ed surge article, which is talking about the rapid decline of conferences and professional development as states are now saying, Oh no, 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 You don't need that. You need to work on this, which is a lot of is just in-house, uh, paperwork and busy work. And, um, one, one teacher told me, it's like looking at your belly button lint. Okay. All right. I get it. Right. Um, but in the process of doing that, uh, all of these edu celebrities, shall we say, are noticing a drastic reduction in their income. And I think one of the things that associations are doing is they're saying, okay, look, we can't break you out of the classroom during the week because A, there's no subs. B, there's nobody to replace you. And C, we could just do it on a Saturday and to do it on a Saturday. Um, make it a driving conference and one day thing and away you go. So I think the days of two days conferences where you spend the night and you have evening activities where you get to know teachers from around the state. Yeah. I think those days are, are right now done unless something changes at the state level, at least in this state. Uh, I don't think it's going to come back.
1: And we're going to talk about that article later on, I think. I think it's the same okay. article. So, yeah. Um, but first, I have a couple of strategies for you. This came from Larry Ferlazzo, 'cause because why not?
0: <laughs> well, good stuff.
1: And um, one of the things he brings up is uh, having kids do a review, end-of-the-year review, and he says, you know, I have kids reflect at the end of the school year, but why not have them do a calendar end-of-the-year review? Because uh, we talk about executive functioning and, you know, having kids reflect on what they've learned, what, they, what they've what they done, what they've done well, have they meet the, met their needs, have they not met their needs, what are some of those things Um I thought was interesting um and I think that that's uh um I, I think it'd be a really powerful um activity um obviously it's getting pretty close this this week but it might be something good to do and then that also leads into the the next activity is like all right uh so remember you've got um new year's coming up and new year's resolutions are a culturally powerful um, thing kids are going to hear about it a lot um, if you're you know really big into resolutions you know that you shouldn't wait until new year's to do it but <laughs> yeah. you know but it is it is a thing and it's a thing that maybe you can take advantage of and have kids reflect on okay where are you now what do you want to do how do you want to get better those things um so of course it being uh Larry Ferlazzo, he has several links um that can help you out here um including seven strategies for highly effective new year's resolutions um 10 step guide for making new year's resolution from psych blog uh making new year's resolute making resolutions that stick from npr and uh and and more and more um you know the 99 you guide to habits um he's got lots of links if you know um larry forlazo's stuff there's just lots Mm -hmm. of uh, links and there's some YouTube videos as well. So this is something you can throw in your back pocket, especially dealing with some of those executive functioning issues and getting kids ready for that. Um, all right. We've talked about choice boards before. Yes. Yes. Uh, Right. Yes. And, um, and uh, over at Shake Up Learning, which is Casey Bell, um, her site, uh, she has several different resources that you can use. Some of them are paid, and some of them are free. Um, but if you are looking for choice boards and some choice board examples, um, she's. Got some here, and she's got some that can give you ideas on how to make them. Um, different tools that you can use for them, and and all of that. Um, have you used much of Casey Bell's work from Shake Up Learning? I have not. Yeah, I haven't either. She's got a lot of stuff, and there's there's a lot of it that that looks that looks really good. And there's a lot of it that I think is, uh, very beneficial. So, and she is one of those edu celebrity people, Um, you know, and, and like I said, she's got free stuff. She's got paid stuff. Um, take a look at it, figure out what's useful for you and what's good for you. Um, and, you know, kind of go from there. But there are some things that are available for you. All right. Um, bookmarking. How do you handle bookmarking these days, Sean?
0: You know full well that I, I do not have the fancy bookmark manager that you do. I mean, I do. I just don't use it. But it's <laughs> very interesting. You have
1: it, it's just you don't use I it. I just don't
0: use it. Yeah. Um, I like running a thousand tabs across the top of my screen. Um, sure. Most of which I shouldn't bookmark anyway because I, I really they're not they don't qualify at the bookmark level. Mm-hmm. But that's so that's kind of how I do it because then when I restart my machine and the bookmarks are gone, it's it's no big deal. Um I do pin a couple tabs, Um but that's about it. And then it's interesting because I was talking with the the teacher that I mentor next door to me, and he says, "Hey, look at my bookmarks." I was like, "Yeah, that's cool." He goes, "You taught me how to do that," and I was like. I don't doing that, but okay. All right. Well, um, and I almost, but I didn't, I should have told him about um some of the things that you do to bookmark because you've got some really cool bookmarking strategies and uh, do we dare say apps? Is that the right word for it?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, it's, uh, it's a web-based app it has extensions and that, but, one of the reasons that I brought this up is um, <clears throat> because I came across um, um, managing your bookmarks of um, from um, <clears throat> uh, from good old Ryan over at Educate Me, um, and he posted about um a new bookmark service that he uses called <clears throat> I'm sorry um called raindrop and um part of what got me thinking about this is you know this is one of those things that I that I do um that's not necessarily directly classroom focused but it can make your life easier if you If you work through this, so here's the thing you can bookmark in your browser, which can be fine as long as you only use one browser and um you can turn on sync like if you're using Chrome or Firefox or Safari, you can sync your um, your bookmarks um from one device to another as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you use different browsers, then it becomes kind of ugly, and the bookmarks for in a browser can get cluttered pretty quickly, yep, as well. So he goes through and he says, You know, um, that was that's where I started, and then I found delicious, remember mm, delicious. Yes. Yes, we used delicious yes. and I liked delicious. Yes. It was delicious, but um, but uh, delicious went from free to not free, it's mm-hmm. true, which is not, not unusual. Um, and it was kind of expensive. Um, oh. well, like great. And he says, then he found Shirley, which I'm not really familiar with, but it's an open source bookmark tool that I could put up on my web host. That's great, but most people don't want to set up another service on their web host. lot of people don't uh-huh. have a web host, which, you know, so I get that. Um And he says now he's uh, looked at raindrop.io and he is in love. Um, So he uses raindrops. He created an account. He imported all 3.4 thousand of his bookmarks, including each bookmarks tags. And that's an important part of this. Um. And there's a free version and a paid version. Um, the free version does all of the bookmark, uh, gives you an extension and a JavaScript bookmark, bookmarklet, which essentially means that you can use it on an iOS device. That's the, oh. the thing with the JavaScript bookmarklet. Um, you can upload PDFs to the repository. The uploads are limited to 100 megabytes per month for the free version. The paid version, um, which he's getting ready to pull the trigger on, is $28 a year. It gives you full text search, um, a permanent library, um, and daily backups. Um, so he's not he's not sure. So it's like, okay, that's that's great. Here's what I use and have been using for quite a while, and this is not actually it's not actually marketed as a bookmarking service mm-hmm. right, but it does bookmarking it's actually an annotation service um but I use it as a bookmark it is free it's open source um they do make their money. By um, incorporating a LMS version for schools, because they're an academic kind of focused kind of mm-hmm. thing. So if you if you want to embed their service within say Moodle, um, there's a fee for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's true. Which is which is cool. I understand that. Uh, it makes it super sweet to do to teach kids annotation though because then it respects groups in Moodle and privacy and all of that good stuff. Um, so I use hypothesis as a bookmarking tool because I can tag things. Um, you can't put things into bookmark into, um, folders, but you can use tags and then you have the bonus of you can annotate (laughs) as well. Um, with your thoughts you can share them so you can have a group you can create a group and invite people to a group um, which is what i did with uh, which is what i've done with like my tech coaches or my tech integrators um so that we're all we can share bookmarks and we can share thoughts back and forth on things as well Mm -hmm. Um, you can highlight things within the page and so you're kind of bookmarking that Specific, you're not only bookmarking that site, but then you're highlighting different sections. So that's pretty pretty powerful. So, so if you're looking for bookmarking, um, I, I am a, I, I think Hypothesis is absolutely wonderful. You can if you want to. I don't, but you can. Or if you want to, you can download and host your own version if you want. Oh, so I don't do that. You can make your, um, you can make your bookmarks and annotations public or not. I don't have any public bookmarkings, but you can do that if you want. Um, so if you're looking at bookmarking, you know, for, if there's sites that you visit frequently, if there's only a couple, go ahead and use the bookmarks in your browser But if you want to keep a long history of things, um, yeah, Hypothesis works. I use it for uh, middle school matters. That's how I bookmark the um, things I find throughout the week for each show. All right. The next one is one that I have been bugging Sean for years to implement. And (laughs) he has thus far also resisted. Um, and that is a clipboard manager. You still do not use a clipboard manager, do you?
0: I have several based on your recommendations and no, I really don't use a whole lot of clipboard managers, no.
1: So, well, you only need to use one, but you should kind of use one. Um, and the, uh and Jason Snell over at Six Colors uh, wrote mm-hmm. up uh, the case for clipboard managers, um, so I thought I'd throw that one in here too. Uh, once you grok what, once you understand what a clipboard man- manager can do for you, it's like, oh, how do you not use one? Um, so I'm gonna link to that, and then I'm also gonna link to the one that I use, um, which is open source. And is a reboot of a previous open source menu uh, uh, application that I used for a long time, and somebody stopped developing it, and somebody else picked up the um, the mantle and continued it. And it, it is it's the one that I use. So um, you can head over there. I will tell you that the new version um, is comes from Japan. And the site is written oh. in Japanese. But you can I have a couple of links here a few uh that you can follow if you want. All right. Um Matt over at Ditch That Textbook, Matt Miller over at Ditch That Textbook has uh a post on how to create substitute teacher plans in 15 minutes with AI. So Ooh um if you are looking at doing this i think i think he has a nice outline um he says the to use bing chat which is now being called copilot but oh. you can do this with um with anything with any of them and he gives you an example prompt which i think is handy um and um a few of the example outlines. So he does uh, a fourth grade class and a tenth grade English um, class. Then um, he says, "Step two: Use Magic school.ai tools to create activities for each class or subject." Um, and have you used Magic School AI?
0: you and i've played with a little bit and i know they've updated the the options here just recently i just got an email the other day that they're adding another feature but i've not had chance to to really play with that with some of the stuff that's we're getting ready for that last week of school right before break and it's just having a time but the good news is the good news is that uh monday tuesday or wednesday next week i i might have just a
2: wee bit (laughs) more
0: time to go play with some things, some toys.
1: They they have a lot of tools and they work pretty doggone well. Yeah, And their privacy, um, their privacy agreement is appropriate. So um, that part's good. They're designed to work just with teachers, not with students. So, you know, you want to know that. Um, and it is currently free. Um, they do have an AI innovators program, which you can pay for, um, which schools or districts could sign up for. So we'll see how that works out, but it does create some nice plans.
0: I have a, I have a question. I just, while we're talking here, I, I logged in again and, uh, it says, uh, that, uh, now I can have a free trial until January 16th of 2024. And it gave me a new introduction video to Magic School 3.0. So there has been an update since last night. So,
1: and yeah. Talked about it. Um, and that is new because I have not I've not seen that yet. Um, so um, that's interesting. Because um, it still says sign up for free for me.
0: I'll check out um, the uh, additional details and see what's going on.
1: Yeah, I'm just oh, congratulations. You have a free trial uh yep. magic school plus until January sixteenth. Oh I got So you. that's okay. the plus part. So I think it's okay.
0: sixty-five a month.
1: Okay. So yeah. So the basic version I think is still free.
0: Gotcha. Yes, it looks that way.
1: Okay. And their basic version is pretty good. You get a lot of videos yeah. out of it. I like this stuff. Um, and then step three is copy your plans into Google doc or word doc and send it. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, take advantage of some of those things, um, as you're going along. All right. Um, you work with a variety of teachers. Do you work with anyone who is, uh, teaching Spanish currently?
0: So the irony is. Our Spanish teacher, our Spanish teacher was my student for senior English in the room she's teaching Spanish in right now, (laughs) which I think is cool. I love it because now she's moved from the back of the classroom to the front of the classroom and um, she does a good job. I know she's got it tough with the schedule that they gave her, but she does a good job and I'm really proud of her.
1: Okay. Um she might be interested in yes. a new project from Google called Spanish Beyond the Words. Ooh. And this is an arts and culture project from from Google. Um and it goes into things that uh that you know, teaching of Spanish and learning Spanish and some of the culture as as well. So um, you can check that out. Have her check that out. Um, and then we are finally getting to the part, the, the little section that Rick warmly probably linked to. This is from Edge Search and this is uh this is all about um professional development and the title is professional development is dying and it's most evident in my local teacher community Mm -hmm. Uh, this is my michael paul ida and it goes through how the local chapter of the professional development organization held their first in-person conference since the pandemic wow he was obsessively checking the registration to see how many people had um uh attended or signed up to attend um the numbers remained low uh embarrassingly low <laughs> Uh, he says, you'd think after emerging from the pandemic, teachers and educators would be clamoring for the opportunity to engage with one, another in person and shared experiences and best practices. Uh, ironically, that seems increasingly far from reality in our classrooms. Um, and it it's... Uh, it's something that I've kind of seen as as well. Some of the state level conferences don't seem to have the the oomph that they used to have, um, you know. Um, and this is one that was held on uh, a Saturday, um, and it's like they had trouble finding or uh, uh, an interested venue. <laughs> I think probably mm-hmm. in part because venues are realizing that they're not getting a large draw. Yep, that's true. Um, uh, so he says that, um, you know, without us, the local affiliates, there was no source for teacher PD in K-12 mathematics that was run by and for local teachers. Thus, the only PD many re- teachers are receiving are often less than inspiring office offerings put forth by the district um, so it's uh it's an interesting write up about you know what has happened post covid not necessarily that covid had uh is the cause of this but that it is after COVID is the only thing you can say, you know, the whole correlation and causation thing. Um, And so he goes on and he says, you know, whereas I had once been so eager and proud to be involved with the chapter, I began to flirt with the once unthinkable idea of stepping down from my position Due to increasing frustration, feeling leaderless, directionless, irrelevant, and demoralized. Um, I think we've seen that change with a lot of state or local levels where it's getting harder to get people involved and keep them involved. Um, then, after the conference, she says, Poking my head into a classroom of a few attend- attendees... I saw almost no change in their classroom practice, not even the aspects of their curriculum instruction. They went to the conference to improve. similarly, mm. those who attended larger national conference um the previous year buzzed with excitement upon their return, only for classroom practices to remain unchanged in the long term um so it becomes an issue of mm. does 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 that professional development change? um behavior. Um. All right. Um we going to Let me just
0: jump in because I've thought yeah. we talked to do- we interviewed Dr. Debbie Silver years ago back mm-hmm. when we first started this podcast and I think she made a salient point that I think is worth mentioning here again. We were talking about her book and she says don't do it all, pick one thing. And maybe that's what's happening here is people have to pick one thing to change in their classroom. Mm -hmm. and 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 then do it right don't do everything just do one thing and then later on do another thing and i think maybe that's because that's what i do is i go to a conference and get a lot of ideas right but i but i never do more than one at a time because it just feels overwhelming otherwise i don't know if that's
1: And and it's really it comes down to um i remember working with teachers and um we do different things in different years. Right. And I remember right. one of the teachers asking me and it was like, all right, so we did this thing last year. Are we not supposed to do that anymore? It's like, no, 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 no. You're supposed to do that thing. <laughs> You're We we focus on one thing a year so that you can put it in your toolbox. And then we don't have to com- continue developing on that you you you've got the skill and you can do that. And now we can add another thing to your toolbox. So it was the the whole yeah. concept of we're not going to do fifty thousand things every year. We're going to do we're going to work on one thing a year, and then that goes in your toolbox. And you got that. Now we can add something else to your toolbox, kind of thing. So, but it, it's it's conferences and the the conference that I presented at the, a couple weeks ago or whatever I, I i don't know how big of a conference it was in the past um but it 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 kind of seemed a little less populated than maybe they were expecting just the vibe and feel from it
0: Yeah. And I had that feeling with other conferences that I've gone to as well. Never, it's never been the same as I did the, when I did the very first AMLE or NMSA back when, back in in Philadelphia, when the first time I went, where it was like 18,000 teachers strong, middle school teachers. And it's never been that since. Yeah. For me.
1: All right. Um, And I wonder if, if it isn't that people are getting their professional development in different ways as, as well. Um, and you know, how can, how can we make sure that that gets leveraged and respected as well? So, Mm -hmm. all right. You may have heard of the PISA test.
0: I have heard of the PISA test is a PISA cake.
1: (laughs) Well, the PISA test, um, there's a lot of hand wringing going on right now because scores are down. Um and this is specifically in the math PISA test. Um and of course there's hand wringing and there's like, oh, COVID drove the scores down. And um sometimes context is important. And um I'm gonna share a chart um from the PISA test which show that um, America went down, United States went down, but less than a lot of other countries. So the loss was really... The um, um, United Kingdom was the same. Um, Italy was worse. Sweden was worse. Germany worse. Netherlands was worse. There's only two countries that actually went up and that was Taiwan and Japan.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and for those ascribing COVID and shutdowns to um the PISA test scores going down, might want to note that Japan and Taiwan were much more restrictive than than the United States was. Um and in fact several of the countries that didn't shut down schools their scores actually went down way more than the United States so it's different difference in perspective and um you know sometimes you got to dig into the data and you got to watch um watch with your bias and beliefs getting in the way and um you know look at some of the data as you're going through all right um that is those notes are and links to those are all over at middle school matters.com i do encourage you to uh check out different bookmarking options find one that works for you i will also definitely um tell you that a clipboard manager is awesome uh and uh if you copy if you ever need to copy more than one thing or you want reference to something um man it can just be a life-changing opportunity for you
0: you know what's more fun though Which... more fun is just retyping it yeah yes it's fun it's a lot for, of fun for at
1: least for at least one of us <laughs> <laughs> Um, so head over to middle school pick up all those links and of course you we would appreciate it if you'd share with the um, with the teacher down the hall with friends and colleagues um catch you on your podcast catcher of your choice and of course we would love it if you'd give us a five star rating on the podcast catcher of your choice and shoot us an email tell us why Sean is the world's greatest co-show host. With that, this has been Middle School Matters for middle school educators who care. All opinions expressed on this podcast are exclusively the opinions of the host and guests and not indicative of any employer.